Greetings, folks. Daniel Wickwire here again. Welcome back to Kaiju Movie Review. I am joined by what will become regular, what will become regularly, my host, Mr. Zach, co-host, Mr. Zach. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the second episode of Kaiju Movie Review podcast variation. Yeah, exactly. I think it's technically episode twenty-eight, but yes, you are correct. It is twenty. It's episode two of the new style. Today we are going to roll into our new segment, and Mr. Zach, why don't you tell us what little bit of news you've got over the past two weeks? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I actually uh, saw the other day that uh, our good friends over at Crunchyroll will be rolling an anime short series that is going to be based off of Ultra Kaiju. It's called Kaiju Girls. It features humanoid versions of several of Ultra Seven's monsters, uh, including Agira, uh, Zetan, Pigmon, Red King, Ella King, and Gomera, among others. So, uh, seems pretty ridiculous. It seems like just kind of a goofy, kind of almost like like a gag anime series from the looks of it. It's just like looks like little list shorts. It's not full like thirty minute episodes or anything like that. So. Just an interesting kind of uh, take on the kaiju from the whole Ultra Monsters anthropomorphic project that uh, Subaraya has been doing over the past several years. So just something I saw that I thought would be worth bringing up since it is technically kaiju related. Well, we do appreciate you mentioning that. And also you said Ultra 7, but Gomera and Zeton and stuff are from the original Ultraman. And I don't know if you intended that, but I just wanted to throw that out there. It's okay. <laughs> I no, that's it. hey. You know what? And that's that's on me because I know some of the kaiju wow. appear in multiple series, and I'm honestly surprised that there is no Bolton. Yeah, I know. Well, maybe maybe at some point. I don't know. I've never seen it. I didn't even know it was coming up. So I'm glad you mentioned that. I'll have to. I have Crunchyroll, so I can watch that. Oh, by the way, my, reminder: if you hear baby noises in the background, it's because I have a baby. So I apologize for that. My bit of news pertains on a different front of Kaiju. I actually talk, want to talk about the 20, uh, October 2016 X-Plus lineup. Uh, for those of you who don't know, X-Plus is a very premium-grade model-slash-figure company. I wouldn't call them toys because they're all very expensive. Beautiful, amazing stuff, but it's worth the money, but it costs. They mainly focus on Kaiju... Jap or anime figures and stuff, but it's mainly on kaiju. But anyway, for October, they're releasing uh, notable ones that are relevant to what we do. 30 centimeter figure of Daimajin, which is a, a another kaiju-esque tokusatsu film series, which I'm sure we'll touch on one day. They are releasing in their 25 centimeter line Cosmo Liquid, which is a kaiju from Ultraman Taro, a set of Ultraman Ace and Yapu, which is also 25 centimeters. And their gigantic series, which is their biggest lineup, they have a Yuji Sakai sculpted Godzilla 1954 and a 1995 Burning Godzilla, the Frozen variant, with the first when they're uh, the first time it fights Super X3 in the middle of the ocean. So, just a little bit of info, and I'll try to throw some toy stuff out there because I like collecting it too. Not so much X Plus because it kind of hurts my budget a lot. But I just figured, again, a notable piece of news for us. And I also want to follow it up and let you guys know today is Tuesday, October 4th. So what is a little over, oh, just about a week until Shin Goji officially airs in the United States in, in uh, 
theaters. There's been some early screenings, but their actual official rele- release is on the week of the 11th. But I'll be going on the 12th. Do you know in your you know in your news post you mentioned something horrible and something awesome in the same like breath, right? What did I do? You mentioned you mentioned something horrible, meaning Ultraman Taro, and something awesome, meaning Burning Godzilla. <laughs> no, I love Ultraman Taro. It's my favorite Ultraman. You can't do that. Dude, no, Co- Cosmo, Ul- Ultraman. Ultraman Taro is gonna like give me nightmares. Like, <laughs> have you watched? I don't it? know. I don't know. No, I just don't like the. I don't like Ultraman's design for Taro. Oh really? I think it looks ridiculous. That's okay. That's it's my favorite. So that's that's kind of ironic. Though the kaiju are really out there in that series, but it's it's like mid seventies madness. So it's what you expect from kaiju films at that time when people were just making up designs because there were like so many different monsters being made in Japan at that time because. All the different special effects movies coming out and television series and giant robot shows. and It was nuts. I can understand some of why the stuff looks that way. But we're, so we're going to roll into our next, next segment where we actually talk about the movie. Today we are going to be talking about Gamera the Brave, a.k.a. Little Brave's Gamera, which is the 12th and final Gamera movie. So we're finally going to finish this up after almost eight years. It was released in April 29th, 2006. Produced by Katakawa Pictures. It's actually the first movie they've uh, produced, uh, first of the Gamera movies they've produced since they bought them out. It was directed by Ryuta Tasaki, written by Yukari Tatsui, and it stars Ryo Tomioka. I know I just did this and this is killing me. Tomioka, Kanji Tsuda, and Ka- Kao? Is that it? I don't know. Ka- Kaho, I believe. Kaho, okay. The movie is 96 minutes long and. I guess we'll get started with the plot real quick. The movie opens actually in the past, in 1973, where we see Gamera fighting one of our favorite kaijus amongst me and Zach, Gauss. A, sorry, Gamera fighting, was it three Gauss or four, four Gauss? Because he kills think, one of them. Yeah, he kills one, and then there's three more attacking him after that. Yeah, and he completely gets tossed, like epically tossed. But during the battle... It, He's trying his best, but you know you have three gals, and if you equate it to back in the day, because all this movie just seems like a continuation of the Showa series, which having it in 1973 is actually kind of correct in a sense, because they did all the first movies from 65 to 71, and then they were going to do an eighth film in 72, which was Gara Sharp, but it never happened. So having this movie in 73 is kind of a bookend to the Showa series is actually kind of neat because while Gamera's fighting these gals, he gets overpowered, gets beat up, and ends up self-destructing to kill himself and the three remaining gals because he kills the fourth one. That, and that makes sense too because I guess this movie wouldn't really make much sense in the context of the Heisei films. So it makes more sense as a as a continuation of the Showa uh, series than a continuation of the trilogy from the 90s. Oh, it's true, because it, what they should have done is just released Gamera 4, but we won't get into that as much as I'd really, really like to watch that movie. Um, it's a fan film, and I've talked about it in, I believe, my, Gam- my review of Gamera 3. I believe I've talked about it at, uh, to some extent. But during that time, a kid named... What was the dad's name? Oh, it was Kosuke. Sees all this happening. Sees Gamera sacrifice himself, kill monsters, blah, blah, blah. Cut to 2006... What is that? I don't even know how old he's at that time. He's just a little kid, so it's probably like he's probably in his early 40s, late 30s, early 40s. It's 2006. He's going walking down the area. Custom. He's looking at the same place where the original, the original Gamera died. 
protecting Japan. Apparently nothing's happened for 33 years. He has his kid Toru with him, and they're going to to his de- deceased wife's gravesite. So a big theme of this movie is is parent-child relations, and also the lack thereof. But they're going down that to 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 pay tribute to his wife, and the kid's a, a butt. Toru is really a butt. He's all cold and stuff, and you can tell it bothers him. But he's really cold about the fact that his mother passed away. Like apparently he thinks I feel he thinks that she has abandoned him. He, he's like super dark about it at the beginning of the film. Like when he's like, I know my mother's not in heaven. I know she's a, she's just a skeleton in a box underground. And it was like, geez, kid. My I know. I know. It, 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 it's, it's funny that they do that. Cause this, this movie's really reminds me a lot of the show era films where you'll get those random bits of polar opposite. Like, you know, it's geared, This movie's clearly geared, geared towards children. If you watch this, it's geared towards children and fans of the old show of stuff that they used to watch as kids. You'll notice that in the fight with Gamera at the beginning. It's a little bit violent, as, as as Gamera movies tend to be. But the kid is very dark about it, and his dad, now getting back into the restaurant business, runs a restaurant and takes care of the kid by himself. The kid's always plagued by images of his his deceased mom, at least in the beginning. It's like this whole, oh, mom, you know, he misses her, misses her but he's never out with it. He's just kind of a shut-in, cold child. While they're walking, and we'll digress a little bit, while they're on that path, he notices a shining red sparkle, if you will, on across the ocean, this little island where the original Gamera died. Well, later in the film, he goes for a swim, and it's like, oh no, I forget my membership or whatever, I don't know. I don't live in Japan, I don't understand that, but it's, forgets his membership. Well, he, see, he sees that little glint on that island again. Well, he swims over there, finds a little egg, and there's a rock underneath it, which was glowing red, which is what he saw. Takes it home with him, or no, the egg hatches into a little turtle. He's like, well, I'm going to take it home with me, blah, 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 whatever. After which you meet his neighbor, lives right next to him, her name's Mai. Girl, a little bit older, has a thing for Sergeant Frog. I'm not going to get into Sergeant Frog right now. <laughs> uh, but she has a health condition. She has, and needs some kind of heart surgery. She's, doesn't, exp- not outwardly ill, but she has some kind of condition that she needs surgery. Well, the little turtle that she takes home, he takes home, he names it Toto, which is what his mom used to call him when he was little. Every time the kid goes to sleep and wakes up, Toto, the turtle, which is more like a tortoise, he's not actually like a turtle, ends up getting bigger. And, and generally, at this point, we're at the, the childlike whimsy of, of the, kid, the, the turtle wreaking havoc and like kids having fun. And, and there's a scene where, where, this is a good reference, I never even picked up on this right away. There's a scene where the kids go skateboarding and the turtle's left at home by itself. And the turtle apparently can hover and levitate for reasons I don't fully understand because Gamera never did that. He actually used jet propulsion to fly. But there's, yeah. a, where there's a scene where the turtle's like, I'm going to go downstairs where my dad's like, where his dad's ki- ki- cooking and the dad doesn't know the kid has the turtle and the kid. Toru keeps the turtle secret from his dad because, as they mentioned earlier in the film, his dad will not let him have pets because they own a restaurant. And I can understand that for sanitation reasons, so on and so forth. Well, the turtle goes down to the kitchen and ends up being this little whimsical scene, you know, juxtaposed with the kids skateboarding and kids would laugh and think it's entertaining, but I think it's boring and stupid except for the scene, you know, for kids. Exactly. Except for the scene where this butcher knife falls on the ground, like right in front of Toto. And there's, there's a really canny, uncanny resemblance here of the blade of the butcher knife resembles Giron from All Monsters Attack. And uh, to- Toto gets all butt hurt and actually breathes a little bit of fire on it and burns the edge of the blade. It's a really little image I never realized the first time I watched the movie. 
So it was kind of cool. That is kind of neat. I didn't. Uh, I've not watched Gamera versus Giron, so I did not catch the reference. Yeah, if, when you watch it, you'll realize. I just uh, assumed he attacked it because the knife landed so close in front of him. I think it's a double thing. If you didn't realize the reference, it at least made sense as to why he attacked it. Like he was bitter. Like I, I would like or scared. Like oh, whatever this knife, and then like tried to singe it. The turtle keeps getting. It works bit- on both levels. Of course, yes. Well, Toto keeps getting bigger. My seeing what the turtle's doing, getting bigger, levitating, so on and so forth, tries to convince Toru that the turtle's Gamera. You know, the, the government tries to not talk about it, but you know, internet, you can find out anything. She pulls up this big sheet. And Toto or Toru's like, no, it can't be. Toto's just a big turtle, and blah blah blah. He's not Gamera. He's not a monster. And monsters fight to the, you know, fight to the death or whatever. Uh, stuff like that. So after getting the warning from Mai, he returns home and finds that Toto has gotten even bigger to the point where he's not going to be able to hide him in the house anymore. So he calls uh, his friends and they help him to move. Toto to a new air location, a little shack by the edge of the ocean. The next morning, Toru leaves to go and see Toto, and here's over here's Mai talking to her parents about her surgery the next day, and he ends up giving Mai the the red rock that he found with Toto and saying it will give her good luck. By the way, he's not Toru's not doesn't realize what's going on with Mai. Like he doesn't know that she needs like a surgery or anything like that. So he's like, this is all new to him. Yeah, he didn't know until he overheard her parents talking to her about it. So he gives her the he gives her the rock and tells her that it will bring her good luck. And Toto said that she could have it. Yeah, and Toto said she could have it. So <laughs> she she's she's okay with taking it after she she learns that. After this, Toto disappears from the shack, and as Toru and his friends are looking for him the city suddenly comes under attack by a kaiju named Zetus. At this point, Zetus begins rampaging through the city, and Toru is located by his father, and as they run to a shelter, they see one of his other friends, and they go to grab him, but a suddenly a large building lands in front of them on the ground, and Zetus appears on the other side of the building and begins eating the people that are trapped on that other side. Luckily, his friend wasn't eaten by Zetus, and his father was able to save him, which led to Zetus noticing Toru's dad and going for Toru and the kids when suddenly he's attacked by Toto, who is now much larger, and his father recognizes the giant turtle as Gamera, who he had seen when he was a child. Uh, uh, this lead- oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I, I just want to note here out of all that, like when the all the people on the other side of the little broken building get eaten, I was like, in like my mind, I'd seen this before, and I was in my mind, I'm like, I love how this place is. This, this movie's going to go to a dark place and just have this kid be eaten. And then I'm like disappointed moments later when the kid is in fact not eaten. <laughs> is that, I don't know if yeah. they're a terrible human being, but I'm like, yes, go there. But it just doesn't. That was like, geez, he's going to eat all these people. Holy crap. No worse than um, else, I guess. Because I guess for, to, you got to remember for me, this is, this is my first time seeing this movie. But anyway, so uh, this leads to Gamera and Zetus fighting one another and Gamera pretty much gets just destroyed by Zetus. Like, Zetus just beats him pretty effortlessly and then leaves, leaving Gamera, you know, unconscious, weak, on the ground. And at this point, the military swoops in, grabs Gamera, 
and takes him to Nagoya to be studied by this professor that they have mentioned several times throughout the film. By the way, I'd like to mention, just as a little spoiler, because this is where we're going to cut it off, the professor doesn't amount to anything whatsoever. And Yeah, which was a disappointment. I was like, oh, maybe they're referencing a character from an older movie or something, but nope, nothing. No, and it's like all the stuff... And this could be probably boiled down to a later when we have a later conversation about it. But all the stuff with like the official, which we don't even mention, we've not even mentioned at all the chairman or whoever, the leader of the that specific country or whatever, his little sidekick, and then the scientist. All of it's just crap, and it has no meaning to the film. It could have been entirely left out, and then that would have been fine. Yeah, like you could honestly leave out pretty much anything with the adults. Like the movie was about the kids. Yeah, it's true. Uh, too too many kids. Yeah, oh gosh, I know. That's why I said it reminds me a lot of the show of films. And obviously that's what they were going for. Also, when you said that Gamera was small, like he was really small. He wasn't even as, as full grown to remotely what he was supposed to be. Yeah, I think they said in the scene after that that the uh, uh, the new Gamera was only like eight meters tall, which I can't even remember how big the old one was, but it was like significantly larger. Well, yeah, even like, if that... If he, Oh, if he had been full grown, I believe he would have been about the size of Zetus, right? Well, yeah, I mean that's like how how when, later when he fights Zetus, he's he's much closer to Zetus' size. Zetus is like forty five or fifty meters tall, and Gamera is just little. But you know, he's just trying to save Toru. So. So everybody's a kid in this movie, even Gamera. <laughs> I know it's ridiculous. Let's jump on to since we broke down the the plot there a little bit and set our two cents. Let's talk about special effects and the monster designs. First, I want to start with the monster designs because this is going to go into a bit of a grievance that I have. Um, beginning of the film, you see Gamera, which is supposed to be the original Gamera, and literally Toto is the son of Gamera, for lack of a better term. Gamera looks awesome. Gamera looks really cool in the beginning of the movie. I like the design. The, the It's not the... Gamera's design in the movie reminds me more of a tortoise, which is how Toto's design is, but it's more like... An older, not aquatic based, just heavy and large and powerful design like they gave Gamera, and I love it, and I'm I'm all for it, and I just want that's what I want from Toto, and and I'm not gonna spoil the whole movie, but I'm gonna say Toto does not look like that at any point in the movie, and it is such a gigantic letdown. Yeah, I kept expecting that to happen, like towards the end of the film, I was like, oh, we're gonna see him turn into the old Gamera, and he's just going to destroy Zetus, and nope, never happened. I know, I just stomp a hole in him, dude. I'm going to be great, but no, that doesn't happen. And, and the Gauss, the Gauss, here's another bit of grievance for me. There's the four Gauss in the beginning, and they all they look like the Gauss from the Heisei films, which is fine, and I don't know if they're doing that intentionally to draw parallels to the Showa and the Heisei, which if that was the case, I would have drawn more parallels to the Heisei movies, since those were really, really good. And uh, I'll say my opinion about this movie later, but I, I was actually really bothered. I was really hoping, since this was essentially trying to be like a continuation of the Showa films, more aimed at kids and so forth, that, that it would have been more like the sh classic Gauss design. And that, that was disappointing for me. Honestly, I bet it was like a cost-cutting measure. I'm sure that they had the extra Gauss suits laying around from the 90s films, and they just used them since it was such a small scene. Yeah, probably. I mean, why, why, why make a new, why make a new suit? Which, of course, then begs the question: Why did they make a new Gamera suit? But yeah, they always have to make a do? new Gamera suit. It's been, it was ten years between this one and the last one. It's, well, I don't know what it is with with Gamera movies. Always 
cropping up after after Godzilla stops. You know, it's always like, you know, Gamera came out the year of, you know, Godzilla vs. Destroy in 1995, Gamera, Guardian of the the Universe. That came out the same year, but capitalized hugely after those movies stopped. And then this came out a year after Final Wars came out. So, just... Yeah, that makes sense. But, I digress. Toto, I'm just going to say, is just a cutesy Gamera. That's exactly what it is. It's... The way he looks is to design is is to cater to children, and he does kind oh, yeah. of have. Oh, go ahead. Definitely with like the big with the big like anime style eyes and everything. Yeah, he's totally meant to to appeal to kids. Kawaii. Uh, that's and I'm, I'm that's, that doesn't bother me. I don't. I really don't mind Toto's design. I get it. I was mad they didn't look looking like Gamera did at the beginning of the movie because that's what I wanted, but. You know, I, I'm fine with Toto's design. Whatever. It, he's just what he is, and that's all I'm going to say. He's a cutesy Gamera. The end. Zetus' design and Zetus himself was both a high point for me and a low point for my class. Because you've not watched all the Gamera show of Gamera films. You've just seen, like, here and there, right? The show is? Uh, the show is I've only seen the original. Okay, well, see, that's why some of this stuff doesn't, like, click for you. Zetus is cool because he reminds me of those old Showa designs. Like, over the top, he reminds me of Barugon with the because he has the ability where he shoots his tongue out like a chameleon. But it's a little different where Barugon's was kind of encased in ice and more like a club. Uh, Zetus is more like a spear, and he could use it to, like, stab into things. And, you know, he, he he's as a villain kaiju is from, from a Gamera movie, like down to a T, except he's not over the top enough. I gotcha. I, I really liked Zetus's design. He's kind of like a weird kind of Dilophosaurus spine Tyrannosaurus kind of hybrid thing. Like I thought I thought it was a cool design. I liked it. Um no. I mean I have a very limited I have very limited uh experience with the with the ga- uh Gamera Kaiju. I mean I, I like as you mentioned, I like Gauss. Uh Barugon's okay. I don't I don't I don't hate Barugon's design. Uh, and I really liked the uh, the the all the kaiju from the '90s movies. I didn't think there was a bad design among them that I can remember. So I, I liked I liked the Zetus design. Maybe, maybe maybe it's because I haven't seen the other Showa films, but to me, I thought the design was great. I thought it, the movie just felt he felt like a great villain kaiju for the especially for this style of movie. Well, that's that that was really the, the thing I was. Building. I love his design. I like it, but what I mean, he's not over the top enough. Is uh, and you don't see this so much in the Heisei films as you do in the Showa films, but like Zetus needs to like shoot lasers from everywhere or something, because because all he really has is a serrated tongue and, and agility and so on and so forth, which is fine, and maybe they're trying to tone it down so he's not so over the top. But why is he not shooting like molten cubes from his eyeballs or or launching rockets from his ass like like literally if you've watched these old ones they just enemies just pull moves out of everywhere for no reason i think the most tame one was gauss you know Barogon would shoot the random you know had the tongue and had the frost ability and and it could shoot a rainbow out of his back and gear on had a blade head and he could shoot shurikens out of the side of it and it's like that that nuttiness just isn't there even like I said, the Heisei movies are kind of toned down. Gauss is Gauss. That's just what he does. Yeah. Uh, or well, she or I mean, it. the the Heisei movies almost feel like they were made to appeal to kids that grew up with Gamera in the seventies. Yeah. Well, well, 
even then, yeah, it's like it's like it grew up with it, but it took it that step further. Where this is like this is a show of film. That's exactly what Game of the Brave. Just if they made show of films nowadays, this is what it would be. But even then, like look at Legion. Legion, yeah. Legion had the or she had the swarm, and then she had the the plasma bolts she could shoot, and she had the little EMP field she can generate to stop missiles and fireballs. And once they ripped the horns off, she had the laser tentacles. And even Iris had like crazy ass abilities too. But that's what I always thought was cool about the Dai. I always loved the yeah. monsters. I didn't really care about Gamera, but you know it's whatever. <laughs> Le- Legion was a pretty sweet kaiju. The I would best. give the best. I'll give them that. Bar none. <laughs> That's my favorite, so I'm, I'm very biased. What do you have? Do you have anything to say about the kaijus that I've ranted about for 20 years? Oh, like I said, I really like the Zetus design. I was not a fan of the Toto design. I mean, it, it fits for what they were doing with this movie, and I can respect that. Uh, I'm just personally not a fan of it. Um, love the Gamera design at the beginning. Like, I wanted to see more of that Gamera. Like, when I saw it fighting the, fighting the Gauss, like... I was like, I was like, heck yeah, man! I want to see more of this. And like, the Gauss, you know, I, that's the Gauss design I'm the most familiar with from watching the the, the Heisei trilogy. So, to me, that that is Gauss, and I was I was more than happy to to see Gauss make a cameo in the movie because he's one of the best. He's one of the best gamer kaiju there is. So, he's Gamera's King Ghidorah. He really is. I mean, he's that he's that one kaiju that just keeps coming back, or like Ultraman's Bolton. I mean. Yep. It's true. The one that just the one that just doesn't leave. Uh, that's very true. Uh, one one of the mo- no I want to mention just as a whole special effects for the movie I thought were were pretty good, but to make the other analogy I feel it's just a hair below what Toho was doing at the time. Kind of like better than it was in even the older films, and uh, I'm sure it had to do with budget. You know, like I said, they were good. They were good. It was a big movie at the time, and they were good. There's a few shots that looked eh, not the best, but for the most part, they were good. And there's not really anything other than that uh, a shot of them overhead of uh, Zetus following Gamera to the bridge where they first fight him before he gets captured. That shot looks did not age well. But other no. than that, I, I, I for the most part, I thought it was good. I thought the effects were well done, well for the yeah time. the. Some of the CG that they used for the little turtle camera also did not age all that well. No, no, it didn't. That's true. So true. Well, now that we've discussed the kaiju and such, let's talk about the film availability and pricing. Why don't you Why don't you tell them what you found on the eBay, Mister Zach? All right. Well, okay. A quick quick look on eBay. Uh, I was not able to find any of the Tokyo Shock Blu-rays available on ebay which i thought was kind of weird but uh i mean i understand it's a it's a highly sought after film it had a pretty limited print run and it wasn't printed for very long the dvd version of gamer the brave from 2008 region one of course the united states version it runs around 30 dollars on on ebay right now which is significantly higher than what it launched at i believe it was only like 10 bucks at release or something like that like 10 or 15 dollars it wasn't at release so yeah, it, it like it, the DVD version has doubled to tripled in value over the past eight years. And like I said, I couldn't find the Blu-ray, but I imagine if there was some Blu-rays on here, they would probably be even more expensive than the DVD. So I would expect the just a ballpark. I would guess that the Blu-ray probably is in the like forty to fifty range at the at bare minimum, and that is just a guess. For it, I had a similar 
experience in my searches on Amazon. I found the movie uh, DVD only. I could not find the Blu-ray at all. I found a used used condition from twenty five to forty dollars and sealed new from thirty to over a hundred bucks. So, I mean, th- this little little bit of advice for folks that might be getting into kaiju or or don't really don't know about all these different companies. If Media Blasters releases anything, buy it immediately. <laughs> Yeah, that that's kind of what I've learned for kaiju movies in general. Like, you need to buy them up pretty quick, or else you're gonna have a tough time finding them because they do not make very many of these. They usually don't. Some, some. I mean, this is a very, this is a very. Go ahead. Oh yeah, this is a very niche market, and it's not something outside of say a Sony is not going to produce a lot of these. Like Kraken that just released Godzilla 1984. I don't expect them to print like you know, a hundred thousand copies of the Godzilla at 1984 Blu-ray. No, just won't. No, you're right. Yeah. They're just not going to, which is why I bought the movie right away. And that's why I need to go back and get some of the ones I don't have right now, because if I don't get them soon, they're going to go out of print. I mean, look what happened with some of the VHS and DV and early DVDs for the Godzilla movies. Those things are astronomical now. No, it's true because we don't know when they're ever going to get released. They're released so inconsistently. Uh, Blu-ray, with this being in the same region as, region as Japan, they're really iffy about releasing them because they don't want Japanese market customers to just buy U.S. versions because movies and stuff, because DVDs, media, any digital medium is cheaper in the United States than it is in Japan. Yep, and and thankfully, I mean, the first 11 Gamera movies are super affordable. Like, incredibly affordable. Like, you can get the Heisei trilogy for less than 10 bucks on Blu-ray, and you can get the all the Showa films across, like, two Blu-ray sets from Mill, Mill Creek for probably around 20 bucks. Yeah, it, and they're worth it. Believe me, I know you, you, if any of you have seen these other movies, and I'm, I'm not the nicest about it, but they're fun. They're they're. they're Mystery Science Theater has pretty much done every single one. I mean, they're not generally good, but they're just fun to watch. Yeah, and I mean, personally, I plan on buying the Showa boxes. Uh, I don't have them yet, but it's something on my list, and they're they're cheap enough that, I mean, I'm just not in a... I, I should be in more of a rush than I am to get them, but when I can go on eBay or Amazon, and it's like the first six films for $5 or whatever, 5 10 bucks, I'm like, eh, I'll get it some other time, you well, know? Yeah, exactly. Here's actually a really good example before we move on. Um, I bought the Blu-ray of Destroy All Monsters when that came out the first time it was released. And that's that was at the same time that Media Blasters had the big fiasco with, uh, I don't know if you ever followed, Godzilla vs. Megalon. And yeah, then got, I remember because I was waiting for that movie to come out. Yeah, the, the DVD came out like two months after that, but it took like a year before the Blu-ray dropped because of that issue. Anyway... I bought the and, Blu-ray. And then, and then the Blu-ray is so limited of, of Megalon that it's insanely expensive now. Yeah, exactly. The, uh, I bought Destroy All Monsters when it first released. I think it was like it was really inexpensive, like $15, which is it's not bad. Like three months later, it was selling on the Blu-ray was selling on Amazon. The cheapest you can get it for was like $100. You could not get that movie because they don't media blast. They did the same thing with everything they do. Kaiju. They don't release a lot of it. So if you find it, buy it. And I, yep, I cause I missed out on destroy all monsters and I regret not picking that one up, man. And they did two print runs of it. They did two. I got the first print run. My, uh, I think I told you about the second one. Did you not get it? I kept thinking you bought it. No, I never picked it up. I'm right now. 
Uh, I I only own fifty four, eighty four, and uh, fifth and twenty fourteen. Those are the only ones I own. Yeah, that's all right. It happens. At least you got mo- fairly milestone movies, I guess. But okay, let's let's move past that since we've, been, we've complained enough about movies and prices and why you can't find them. Let's do closing statements and, and recommendation. Uh, what what do you think, Zach? What do you think about this movie? Uh, I'm torn on it, honestly. I think the movie's fine for what it is. It's not for me. I'm really glad that I didn't shell out like like right after the D, the the Blu-ray started becoming like scarce. I'm really glad I didn't shell out you know thirty forty dollars to buy the Blu-ray copy because I would have been disappointed. For what it is, it's fine. It's a good movie for kids, and I mean, a, just a, a, a grown man my age, even as a fan of kaiju movies, like I'm, a, if I can get it cheap sometime in the future, just to have it, to have all the Gamera films, I'd probably pick it up. Otherwise, I'm not going to go out of my way and spend a bunch of money to get it because I probably wouldn't watch it more than you know, maybe once every once in a great while I would watch it. Like I see myself rewatching the Heisei era films long before, and even maybe some of the show ones after I see them, I'll probably rewatch all of those way before I watch this one again. I can respect that opinion. I, I will have a slightly different out, uh, slightly different opinion on this movie than uh, Mr. Zach here. Uh, when I watched, I watched this once a while back, wasn't a fan of it. Watched it again, and I actually enjoyed it more the second time I watched it than I did the first one. I, I agree. It's very, Like I said many times in this review, it's very reminiscent of the show of films both good and bad and and i think the good side is they take it and they modernize it and and the story of this whole film is parents and their interactions with children you know between toru and his dad and and toru and his mom which isn't around anymore and and i believe he's hit with an abandonment issue because of that because he thinks he may have had some control it's not really focused on a lot the film they talk about it but it's not explored as much as it could have been and he like Toru taking how he did how he felt with his mom, and he kind of reflecting that relationship onto Toto. Like that that's how he like he. I think at the end of it he realized because of how he felt about Toto is how his mom felt about him, and and, and how Mai's parents feel, and and then how parents interacting, talking about some of a parents' kids, and that, that's really what the movie's about. And and honestly, it, it does that message, and it it does it. It doesn't where it exists, but it doesn't jam it down your throat. But then at the same time, they don't focus on it enough. Uh, but but for what it is, but it does have its prop parts from just like, gosh, this is terrible, and it could be done without. Like I said, with the the Japanese officials and the scientists who look completely tacked on, and it just it just felt crappy, and none of it had to be in that, that bit. They could have just hacked it all out, and nothing would have ever been missed. There didn't need to be a military side of it like they normally do in this movie. It just didn't need to be there. But uh, I, I honestly, I would, I would actually recommend this film, uh, and then that's just my kids actually loved it. You know, I've got a two-year-old who has an attention span of almost nothing, and uh, he actually sat there and watched a good chunk of the film. My older son that doesn't really care about Kaiju Victor, uh, some of you guys know him from the unboxing videos. He, he, he watched it too, and, and little Sarah's banana, my youngest, my daughter, she sat and watched it too, which is a testament because kids don't really hold well to a lot of live action films. But it's good. It's good. I would recommend. I would recommend the movie to anybody, uh, you know, especially if you're a fan of those old show films. But I, I would recommend it. It's just a fun, fairly safe, outside of some of the violence and questionable parenthood cho- parent choices. But 
I'd recommend it. But that is going to be the end of today's episode. Mr. Zach, would you like to give your appropriate shout-outs for the evening? Yeah, of course. Uh, as I said last week, you can find my writing material over at cultureshock.com in the Culturecade, where I review video games and write some other video game-related articles. Uh, I'm also the co-host of the Pick Up and Play podcast and the Running the Ropes podcast. And, of course, I am here on YouTube doing kaiju movie reviews. I also do all sorts of other things for cultureshock.com, which is actually where we're going to be hosting our kaiju movie reviews as well. I am the uh, media director over there. I stream various video games and provide all sorts of different content on twitch.tv. And you can find links to my, uh, Zach's Twitter account as well as mine, the Culture Shock website, my Twitch channel, and my YouTube channel below. If you're watching this on YouTube, if not, it'll be posted somewhere where you can find us. That is going to be the end of this one, and I am actually going to toss it over to Zach to actually find out what our next movie is because I don't have the sheet in front of me, and I really can't remember what we're doing next time. Well, you'll have to join us again in our next episode in two weeks when we'll be talking about Daigoro versus Goliath. Oh, crap. <laughs> I forgot about it. Okay, that. Okay, I've never seen that oh. movie. Oh, oh, don't worry. It gets even better after that one. Oh, yeah. We'll talk about that at the one after that one. That one's going to be great. But Daigoro is a new one for me. So same for Zach as well. But we'll catch you guys oh, yeah. in the next video.